Welcome to Startup Camel. In the studio today, we have Shlomi Ashkenazi talking about his startup, Green Q, which optimizes garbage collection routes and uses some big data to do it. This episode is sponsored by Rise Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv's number one space for fintech. Rise Tel Aviv offers office space, mentorship, and fintech events on a nightly basis. Have a fintech company or want to get involved? Contact them today at www.thinkrise.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Startup Camel. I'm your host, Adir Freilich, recording out of Mindspace in the center of Tel Aviv, Israel, where the national animal is not actually a camel, but in fact, a hoopo, which is a pretty cool looking bird. With us today, we have Shlomi Ashkenazi, co-founder of Green Q. Let's get right into it, Shlomi. What is Green Q? Give us your elevator pitch. Okay, so Green Q is a monitoring and optimizing waste collection. We take the waste collection truck, putting our system on it, installing it, and then using the data in order to optimize and monitor the procedure. Cool. Optimizing the routes for garbage trucks. So... Is the technology high-tech? Are you installing a device or software or both? The most easy way to understand us is like two companies in one. One is an IoT, or what we like to say IOG, Internet of Garbage Company, <laughs> with the device on the truck or wherever needed. And the other one is a big data company. Okay. We use the data from the devices in order to do smart things. But you already have kind of data from them that you've collected that creates smart routes, or you do it from scratch? Like you just install it, let the garbage trucks do their regular thing, and then based on that information... Yeah, in most cases, this is the case because they don't have a really good data. They just if send they them have, out there. Or sometimes large companies do have some routing software or some kind of CRM. So yes, we're connecting and using the data. Do you have any competitors in this market? I feel like the garbage truck industry and the garbage collection industry is huge. I mean, I think sometimes organized crime is running this, but in general, it's a huge thing, and it's a big problem of our world. So you're saving time, energy, money, gas, all that stuff, right? Yeah. It's a real uh, trillion-dollar market. Really one. Actually, it's about to be two trillion-dollar market. Now, you just need one little tiny slice of that yeah. pie, right? I mean, and then you're living very comfortable. Yeah, but why tiny? Yeah, it's true. It's true. No, but not all of it is for the collection. The collection sure. is that, just a third of it. So okay. Ah, I feel bad. Small market, yeah. Um, anyway, there is a lot of technologies that were trying to be applied into this market, but most of them were not really designed for the waste collection. Some generic tools for fleet management or generic tools for asset management that People over the years tried to apply also to this market, but a startup that was funded just to handle smart waste collection, it's not very common. Okay. Not alone, but no, cool. it's not cyber. Where are you guys operating out of right now? Are you in Israel specifically? Are you around the world? Yeah, so we just funded the company two years ago now. Okay. So, of course, the base is in Israel. The R&D is still in Israel. And in the last few months as well, now doing our efforts to get out of Israel on the marketing side. The Israeli dream, you know. Bring it out. We don't have no, any other... No, but the business, is, the business is in America, probably. Are you going to America or Europe? No, or? Actually, we have very good partners in Europe. Okay. We have partnered to Deutsche Telekom. Great. Yeah. Did they help with the funding rounds no, or no, something? No. Or just, just, uh, just key partners? For technology. Cross-promotional type of help each other. They are approaching now the smart city market. Ah, okay, great, okay. great. And they're just launching now an urban IoT technology for connectivity for IoT devices. So we developed for the Neuroband IoT, and now we have a business partnership to offer the system actually all over Europe. Sounds great. All right, let's pause on Green Q for a moment. Let's go back in time to the younger version of Shlomi Ashkenazi. 
Growing up, were you more of a lemonade stand kid or were you a late bloomer? The handsome one. <laughs> People just came to buy lemonade from you just because of your looks, huh? So, I hope not. Uh, actually, I was uh, in the technical area since I remember myself. It was always uh, in my interest when, you know, when everybody was playing the street, I was playing with the computer, with the PC. It's the XT, if someone is uh, still uh, remembering. <laughs> but after, I was in the army for several years. So it was some kind of time out from trying to build businesses or moving with the edge of the civilian technology. Yeah, but after the army, came uh, back to business. Okay, what was the first business idea that you came up with? Off-road uh, recovery nationwide for off-road vehicles. Off-road recovery nationwide? Like AAA, okay, AAA for uh, off-road. off-road. Yeah. Interesting. It's very interesting. Did you launch it? Do you, yeah, we launched still it. still going? Uh, or? This company is now 11 years old. Wow. Called Risk for You. You're still involved or you exited? Or? I'm still the owner. Okay. Less involved. <laughs> Was it a startup, it's, uh, basically? or just We didn't a... know that it's a startup. Okay. Yeah. 11 but years we... ago, it wasn't so popular yet, the startup. <laughs> yeah, we saw a very interesting problem. We want to solve it. and uh, It's a very nice way. niche, actually, right? Yeah, it's... and we like you can utilize your own service you know very cool so how did you switch to garbage collection optimization I mean where did you come up with this idea like what's the birth so, of it along the years I found that it's very interesting to build up businesses to take an idea and make something that is working out of it it can be either on the technical side but I found that the business side is very interesting for me and we have some you know a group of entrepreneurs that are sitting and talking together about ideas. And the garbage took our attention because it was very interesting. If you're looking a few years to the past in Israel, so we start to handle the separating in the origin. Okay, when you have few cans and you have to separate your own waste. And it was very interesting that it's a large-scale operation and a lot of money is involved in, but you don't see a lot of technology around it. So it's, it's definitely low-tech. I mean, I've never yeah. seen any high-tech with garbage. It's just like, yeah, you see a lot of technology about the collection itself, but not about the management of all the procedure. Gotcha. So it was interesting for us. So you've been funded. Why did you seek funding specifically, and where did you allocate the money, basically? Okay, so our philosophy is that money is not a goal. Okay, we are not living between rounds, and actually fundraising was not on our uh, business plan. It was a very, very strict business plan. We are all not first-timers, so we could have the air to launch the company. And actually, money is another tool to... Help the business grow. To achieve goals. So where did you spend the money? Because that's sometimes, you know, that's the dream of the startup B. They want to Yeah, to have the money. money and then to spend it. But, <laughs> but we looked at it exactly at the opposite. We have specific goals on the vertical of the R&D and the vertical of the business development, which is important not less important than the technical development. And in each time, we were sitting together and uh, checking if we have enough money to do the next step or if we have to pause and go get money. You're saying we a lot. So how many people involved with Green Q? Is it you and one co-founder or...? The idea began with one friend, and then we decided that we have to have a team. So we're three co-founders. Okay. And then we needed another one. So now we have four co-founders. Four co-founders. But the team is already 16, so... Awesome. It's sounding all good, and you know, this whole concept of sitting around in a group of friends coming up with ideas to change the world is a very big theme here in Israel. It's one of the things I love, and, and that's why I moved here myself. But along the way, I know there's some hard times for everybody. Give us your darkest hour. Mm. Darkest hour for me is always around team. We have a problem with the team, or even just a problem that is not related to the company, but a big problem for one of the team members is it's a dark hour. 
what happened that it can be something personal okay someone that have problem in the family or it can be you know the threat of breaking up the team or something or the threat of someone it's dealing with something it doesn't have to be a threat when someone well very small team at the end of the day when someone is not good so it isn't good got it along the way did you pivot green queue at all and why So we don't have a very dramatic story about pivoting, you know. We began with uh, managing flights, and then <laughs> we decided that the uh, <laughs> waste collection tax is better. But of course, if you look at the basic idea or the basic product that we thought about launching and uh, what we do now, so it's completely different in professional eyes. What was the original idea, and how did it pivot? The original idea was to gather data and then to motivate the householders to separate in a way of uh, gamification. And as of today, we're offering a very professional product for the ones who are in charge of the waste collection, for the holder or the municipality. So it's different. Got it. We're now executing the idea with one of our customers to show the data to the end user. The adjustment, basically. Be motivated by the data. Cool. Along the way to get the funding, you haven't gone through like a Series A round. Have you gone angel, seed round? No. We start to sell very quick. Ah, you were profitable early on. Yeah. Okay. Our first sale was six months after we sat down to establish the company. And just six months in, you got some customers, and that's the funding that you're dealing with? Debts and money that we... Ah, you put your own money. Gotcha. Our own money. Then we took money from investors that are also good partners for the company. Key partners that also invested uh, money because they believe in it. And it's also an asset in the eyes of the company because it's another tool in the box. Gotcha. If you ever moved it. require a big amount of money, so now we have already the partners for that. It's perfect. And when you're coming up with the financial model for getting money, how do you come up with the assumptions in order to get investors to give you money? Okay, so that's an endless question. <laughs> Because when you look at all of the market, you understand that it's so big and value creation is so high, so there is no problem of creating value and then share it. But there is the question, how do you pay salaries? It's a different question. For sure. But all the times, we are very, very strict about expenditures. It's very important. And this is one of the big advantages of bootstrapping, because you don't have now a million dollars to spend, so you can be very inefficient and not noticing it. Yeah. You touched on the whole paying yourself. Like, how do you decide when you want to start paying yourself in the financial model? Because it's like sometimes a little bit of a fear factor. Like, the investors see that you're paying yourself. How do you there's, decide there's... when? Yeah. few advices that we used and worked for us they could also not work but uh, <laughs> you can never know but it feel good for us and fitted our experience okay although it's kind of experiment also to build up a company but the uh, one of them was to pay for whom is working from day one it can be a very low salary but to pay because then you have to be very strict with seeing that you are not wasting the time of the founders in this case so that was one advice that worked for us in this case Be not relevant for other cases and also at the end of the day we also invest each one of us not in this company we do investments so you see that if you have something that is working so you will find the right partners that will understand it so we are not very worried about it. the monster called the investors <laughs> how did you convince the first investor to give you money I mean you're saying that your first investors were key partners so maybe it's a little easier what was the pivotal moment that made you get the money you First we created value, then we talked with them. So they see the trick of one of the team. You're just communicating clearly the value of what you're bringing in the business. We already executed part of it. It's very important because a lot of times you see that actually 
there is a very nice story and the first step of the story can be done with just what you already have so why don't you do it but if you already done it so it's quite clear for sure during the fundraising process what was the most difficult question that you were asked the questions about sales projection hmm. it always make me laugh yeah yeah because it's all a prediction and you never this know. is the time that you're supposed to do some customization uh, and everybody in the room is supposed to you know to know the and say yeah yeah but For nobody sure. can really predict sales yeah not in early stages how do you come up with the valuation of your business in order to get the money how much equity to give away and stuff like that so we use the tool of the CLA of convertible loan so it's quite easy because it's more than how do you wish to invest and then in the next round it will be evaluated so no problem with that okay. it's a very comfortable tool for partners in order to get customers clients give us a great tip for marketing i don't have a great tip but <laughs> never stop running to run from meeting to meeting from expo to expo from potential client to potential client it's a lot of dirty uh, work you live in the car basically or in the airplane <laughs> Yeah, but that's the way at the beginning. For sure. I don't know easy way if you know, so tip me. <laughs> <laughs> After the interview, I'll give you some easy ways. <laughs> On the other end, how about a tip for presenting to investors? I don't like presentations. I found that it's really, really natural for me to have a conversation with the investor. It's a person in the other side of the desk, and it's much easier to have a conversation than to run over a presentation that at the end of the day, each of us see at least five to ten every day, so... I mean, everybody sits preparing this presentation, their deck, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you're saying maybe take an approach where you're just speaking to the person in a meeting rather than presenting and putting all the pressure and stuff on you. And again, we're in early stage. So the team, it's very important. And also you have to remember that you are now looking for partners. It's very important to see who are you sitting with. Yeah. It's more important for you than for the investor. Sure. For them, it's just money and they're just they're investing into many different how, companies. How would you know it from uh, running over a deck? Yeah, that's true. You want to have a conversation. Describe the difference between working for yourself versus before working for other people. I think that the basic and the most important difference is that as much as you will uh, create value, as much as you, you will succeed. Fair. What do you think makes the Israeli startup scene so special? I think that we are very rude and, and very, <laughs> very strict. And it's it making much easier all the... Everything is happening very fast. So you can fail and, and try again. And you can see that something is not working very fast and do other things at the same time. So I think that this is a key factor of this ecosystem. Let's talk a little bit more about Green Q. You said you have 14 people working with you now. Where does your team work from? We have uh, our R&D office in uh, Jerusalem, in the high-tech park. And we have a front office for the marketeers in Tel Aviv, because everything is happening in Tel Aviv. And uh, that's it. And what is the next goal for GreenQ? So we have, in each individual time, we have two goals. One for the R&D side and one for the business development side. Because we are going on the both verticals at the same time. So for the marketeers, it's for sure the U.S. market. We are now working with very good large-scale partners over there. And we are doing our first steps to establish activity in the U.S. And also Canada. I found it very interesting. I think that we didn't think about it before. And for the R&D, they're working on the, the next uh, generation of the system. I feel like America produces the most waste, so that's probably your best market, right? I mean, seriously, I think uh, it's some crazy and statistic. Actually, I think the, China might beat them because of billion, 1.4 billion people. But Actually, in the eyes of the collection, so all the European market and the U.S. market are quite similar in the scale. 
but there is a big difference that the US market is much more uh, looks alike. You talk about Europe, you talk about different countries with different laws and different languages. So I recently visited Athens, Greece for a bit. I was thinking about making an investment there and they had like a garbage strike there. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever experienced in my life. I think they need you over there just to let you know. I'm happy to say. <laughs> <laughs> and are you guys hiring? Yes, all the time. What kind of people are you looking for? Just in case so, any of our listeners... So now uh, we're looking about for the R&D, guys from the side of the algorithmics, and uh, for the business, guys with American orientation. Okay. Maybe I'll think of some American friends also. Before we move into the next part, I just want to talk about your experience in the Accelerator, because the way I got to you was through Erez Lugashi. He's a good friend of mine now. He was in the Hack Accelerator, you as well. Actually, we have been there in a previous in the past. Uh, wave, but we met together at the AlphaZone, which is the accelerator of uh, IBM. Okay, cool. Highly accelerated companies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever this is his third accelerator that he's in with Hack. You went through two or more also? No, we, it's funny because we established the company at the Hack. Okay. okay. Say, so, okay, it's a very good way to frame the activity. We have the, all the acceleration program. We are sitting together at the same place all day. Very, very comfortable way to start a company. That was at the hack. At the end of the accelerator, we say, okay, no more accelerators. It was very uh, exhausting, and now we have to have time to work. Okay, <laughs> we already had the first customer. And okay, it was great. But we said, okay, we are very, very experienced now in the field of smart cities. The hack is the accelerator of Ercelia. Okay? Yeah. It's uh, aiming for smart cities. That's their main goal, smart yeah. cities. Exactly. But what about smart mobility? At the end of the day, our system is deployed on the waste collection trucks, on utility trucks, all ecosystem of... It's not really uh, just for smart cities. It's for every city, right? It's to optimize the routes and optimize... Not just for cities. You have very big players like Waste Management, Republic, Veolia. So, okay, they are not cities, (laughs) okay? And uh, so, okay, we have to learn about it. And then we we heard about Ecomotion, okay? The community for smart transportation. So we're talking with them. We said, okay, we want to learn more and we want to be part of it. They told us we have accelerator and we also have contest with money. Okay, so it was interesting. Money is interesting. But at the end of the day, we found ourselves in the accelerator of the smart transportation. And then we partnered with IBM, with Intel, and both of them have some kind of acceleration program. So, yeah, found ourselves accelerating a lot. <laughs> They're kind of fun, the accelerators, though, right? It's a good experience. You're making you interact with people. The different stages. Because, for example, the AlphaZone is for Series A companies. So it's right on time. It was for large-scale operations to be prepared with the backend and to have uh, good partners to across the ocean. They're connecting you with VCs and other people working in the smart cities and high-tech stuff across borders. And also with the offices all over the world. Yeah. So uh, everywhere, nice connection. Everywhere that I go today, I can have IBM with me. So Wow, yeah. that's pretty good. All right, we are now moving on to the second part of the interview we like to call the camel race. Uh, for some reason, when people think of Israel, they think of camels, yeah. although, you know, you're creating smart garbage collections. So we're way advanced here. So first question, what wakes you up in the morning? Most of time, some idea. No, in the middle of between sleeping and being awake and then you think about something and start to, to hash it and then, okay, you're, you're already awake. It's almost, I'm envisioning almost like a cartoon of, you know, Shlomi Ashkenazi just popping out of bed with a light bulb and you wake up every morning with a new idea. I mean, that is amazing. Do you have a morning not, not routine? Not for the team. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what will be at the first phone call in the morning. Do you have a morning routine after you come up with this idea? Do you have a morning routine? If so, what is it? No, just to be updated with emails and then to start your day. 
Fair. Most of days I'm taking a few minutes to plan specific day. Okay. How many hours do you work on the average day? All of them. It's <laughs> 19, I think. Wow. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you're enjoying what you're doing, obviously. Yeah, I'm not sitting in an office and just waiting that the time will pass by. <laughs> I've had jobs in the past where I'm looking over at the clock and I'm just like, ah, oh, seven hours and 59 minutes left. So, yeah, I think that one of the good <laughs> things with startups is completely the opposite way. For I'm sure. I'm looking in the watch and say, oh, yeah. they have an hour. You're excited. I mean, you're changing yeah. some piece of the world in a positive way. A lot of positive change coming out here. Glimpse into your toolbox. Give us one tool that you use at work that you think everyone should know about, whether it's a piece of hardware or software. Not hardware, not software. Just to find a way to check after yourself and your teammates that things have been done. Okay. You don't use like a tool for that, like yeah, the Pulse or Trello? Or What's like the most sport. important one that you use, that you think uh, everyone I'm, needs? I'm using Asana. It's very good for teams that are spread all over the geographical positions. Got it. Give us one small change that you made that had a big impact on your productivity. Okay. Less trips. Less trips. Less trips, yeah. <laughs> stay grounded a bit. Again, it's stages because at the first stage, you don't know exactly where is the fit and who will be the partner and who will be the customer. So you're running all over. It's great at the beginning. After that, you have to have more time for organized procedures. So less driving off-road vehicles, basically. <laughs> How do you stay inspired and motivated through some of the tougher times of the startup world? I think that we have a very, very good ecosystem for that. So, yeah, if you have mentioned errors, so, okay, you have friends in the same positions with the same problems, and good talk is a very good tool for that. So just relating to others that are in the same situation, going through the same struggles, yeah. challenges? Keeping connections. So who do you seek advice from? We have actually just one person in the advisory board who is... A lot, a lot of experience exactly in the field of small startup that need to approach uh, big corporations. So advisors is a very good idea uh, in my perspective. I think that nobody knows everything, but it's very good to know what you don't know. Fair enough. If you could go back in time along the startup journey, what would you have done differently? Not a lot, actually. Because of course that you have pivoted, but you had to have the experience. For sure. Sometimes you will cut faster, okay? But uh, basically, we have a good team, and this is the most important thing. What would be your advice to aspiring entrepreneurs? Find good partners. Fair. It most seems important. like the theme for you. It's all about working with the right people. Yeah, got to be. It's a big mission, and you, you can't do it alone. We are in the center of Tel Aviv, in the yeah. center of the startup nation. Tell us one Israeli startup. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Give us one Israeli startup that you think everyone should be looking out for. Besides Green Q. Ah, besides. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a tough one. We're involved with very, very good companies, but in different markets. A very interesting one is one that I like not for the... They, they will have a very nice uh, business effect also, but I think that they are changing the way of living for a lot of the population and not in the developed world. I really liked it. It's uh, living in a box. Living in a box? Yeah. What do they do? They uh, invented some kind of personal greenhouse. Huh. With a, yeah. With a brain. So you don't have to know how to do anything. You just put water and, and adding some capsule. And, to and grow have, vegetables and, vegetables and stuff like that? Exactly. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And it's kind of a Low cost. dependency right. yeah, for people all over the world that need food. So Sounds amazing. Yeah, they're they're like an Israeli startup. They're here in, in, in Tel Aviv. Or? Yeah. Very cool. Uh, you got to connect cool. me to them. Delighted.
It was great having you on. Unfortunately, the interview is coming to an end. I'm going to have to personally thank Erez for connecting me to you. Very cool what you're working on. Tell us how to reach you, and we'll say goodbye. Okay. GreenQ.GQ. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Shlomi, thank you so much for being on our show, taking the time. I wish you a lot of success. Thank you very much. Coming up in the next episode, number 38, we have Yonatan Sneer joining to share about his cool AI startup, Clap. Thanks for listening.